There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi. Bonsoir. Is that goodbye or goodnight? Bonsoir. I think it's a uh, like good night. Bonsoir. Well, someone oh could listen to this at night, so I'm gonna keep that. Bonsoir. For us, we're uh, recording this at 8:30 in the morning, so we're awake. We promise. Like I'm halfway through my double espresso. Sydney, what have Sydney? Sydney's been awake for three hours. Sydney's been so. awake for three hours, and she's so. been to the gym and back. So, so for her, it's like 1 p.m. Yeah. For me, I just woke up like an hour ago, so um, I, I need a up. coffee. But at the law school, coffee's free, so I'm gonna wait till I get there to get my coffee. Absolutely. Um, here's everything Cindy and I did this morning. Cindy got her groceries. We unloaded the groceries in the fridge, only to find out that there was a box of insomnia cookies, which were empty, by the way, stuck to the bottom of our fridge. So we had to spend like 20 minutes literally scraping the cardboard box off of our fridge because we're getting that fucking security deposit back. The way that insomnia has a hold over me. We talked about this last episode and I like got so mad. I was getting so mad that you got free cookies. It's like the smell of shit. Like when I walk, because I have to walk past it to get back to the apartment from school. (laughs) And like the smell, it's like... I never got Hansel and Gretel until I lived near Insomnia. Like, that grandma lured children into her house with some little cookies. I get it now because I would have gone into it. Also, like, in the original book, not the original book because that probably came out in, like, 1607, but in the book that I had as a kid that was about Hansel and Gretel, the candy house looked so good 
like I just knew like you know that TikTok sound I want to go to there that's how I felt reading that book I really wanted like that it looked like a big old creamsicle that this girl was just devouring so yummy I never got creamsicles like when you like when you went to the ice cream truck as a kid like what was your go-to thing great question I feel like this is a very defining moment for our friendship I got a strawberry shortcake bar I knew I knew you were gonna say that I would get the Oreo one my little brother gets like the ones with the faces on it and I was like okay (laughs) so wait you got the same thing that I got just the chocolate form yeah or like the Oreo form very different yeah but like I hated with such a passion two of them the one that was like red white and blue like the 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 Superman one yeah yeah like and it had like the swirls on it yeah. And then I also hated the one that's like Spongebob or like Dora because like the eyes would be like halfway melting across the ice cream and I'm like, that's disturbing. Nightmarish. I always, I loved the pool when I was younger and they would always have like one of those snack bars where the adults would get pina coladas and then they would have an ice cream bar where the kids would get like the ice creams. And all my friends got the Spongebob one and it literally gave me nightmares. I was like, stop. I never, it's not even good. It's not. Like, I, don't, I strongly believe that ice cream should be sweet flavors. Like, people that get, like, I don't even know what kind of flavors that is. But, like, the Superman ice cream and stuff like that. Like, add, like, an actual ice cream place. Oh, like, like a sherbet? You're like, no. Yeah. It's vanilla and it's chocolate and it's cookies and cream and cookie dough and then chocolate chip. Like, <laughs> that is law. Yeah, that when people go law. to the ice cream shop and they get pistachio ice cream. I know a lot of people swear by pistachio ice cream. Also, there's avocado ice cream now, which is weird. Ew. But people who swear by pistachio ice cream, I don't know if I can trust you. I really don't. It's like my grandma, for the last 96 years, literally, all she eats is butter pecan. Which I think is just such a specific flavor. Your grandma know. is so funny. Um, I love that story about the salt in the airport. Oh my gosh, I'll tell it. So, like, as a kid, my family had, like, a timeshare in Mexico, in Mazatlan. So, we were all going to visit it once. And my grandma is coming. My grandma is, like, 94 right now. So, she's probably, like, 85 at this time. And we're going to the airport in Mexico. And my grandma gets stopped. And they're, like, screaming in Spanish, like, flagging her down, like, detaining her. And we're like, yo, 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 calm down. She detaining this 9-year-old woman. <laughs> she literally has a cane. Like, what could she possibly be doing? We were all so confused. So they open my grandma's carry-on bag. And she has, like, those huge gallon bags of, like, Ziploc bags just full of salt. Oh, my like, God. Like, salt you put on your food. And, like, not even, like, it was, like, a Ziploc bag with like, a little bit in it. Like, it was filled to the top with salt. <laughs> And I know they were like, what is she trying to smuggle into this country? Oh and so God. my grandma's like, oh, it's just salt so I can gargle, like, in her throat. I was like, Grandma, why do you need, we're on this trip for, like, a week. Why do you need a gallon bag full of salt to gargle, number one? Number two, they literally have salt in the hotel. Like, I don't know, or, like, in the house. You go to the grocery store and get salt. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm just convinced that every single grandma alive thinks that you can literally cure cancer by gargling salt water. My grandma tells me to do that every day. She does it every day. If I have allergies, if my throat hurts, if my eye hurts, if I have sinuses, like... And so, they finally were like, fine, just throw it away and we'll let you go, like, without doing anything further. Because I guess they had, like, tested it or something. Mm -hmm. And my grandma's like, no. We were like, Grandma, please, we've been here for like two hours. Just throw the salt away. She was like, no. Girl, ooh. I was like, I'm ready to go already. This trip, we've been here for one day, and I'm already ready to go. 
Oh, and you guys are about to miss your flight and yeah. over, know, this over after, some salt. This oh. is after we had landed. Oh. So I don't even know how she had gotten it on the flight in America. I don't know. But that's even but, more frustrating because you're like, we just went through the whole airport thing and the flight and we're waiting in the airport again. We're like, we just want to get to the house and nap and this whole thing's Yeah, happening. and she's like, no, I'm not giving it up. I was like, all right, well, it's time to go. Anyway. <laughs> I love grandma isms like my grandma oh my god I like closed my door sorry Harley she can't get out it's fine I have the dog in here with me so if you hear sneezing in the background that's what that is um but I love grandma isms like my grandma gave me the best advice after my first breakup that I ever had she was like Sarah I kid you not and she thought this was gold she was like Sarah you need to put the trash in the trash where the trash belongs and I've never but exactly like it kind of hit but she looked so satisfied with that advice it was so funny yeah my grandma was just like what white boy are you dating now I'm like oh thank you what white boy are you dating now she called me last night I went to go see Kiki Boots last night and she called me during admission or like intermission and she was like sitting my ring camera's not working and I was like okay I don't know why what I'm supposed oh. to do about that yeah guys last night we saw Kinky Boots it was so good so it's not back on Broadway which I thought we went to go see the off-Broadway production at Stage 42 in Midtown, obviously. And it was so good. Sydney and I loved it. Um, it wasn't that long. Like, I feel like a lot of Broadway shows are like three hours, three and a half hours, maybe. But this one was really not... There's an intermission and everything. And we were in there by... Like, it started at 7.15. And we were out of there by like 8.50. We were... It was a very quick runtime. Um, it was so good. It was so fun. If you don't know, Cindy Lauper composed and um, lyricized the entire musical. It's so funny that the audience was so geriatric, which is so interesting considering the content of the of the musical. Yeah, absolutely. What what, what does geriatric mean? Like old people. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm so good. I was like, was the audience gyrating? Is that what that means? My favorite thing is when I say certain words, I look at Sarah's face, and she's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, Sydney calls me out all the time for that. So I have this look that I get when, and it's so easy to tell when my eyes glaze over and I'm just not, I checked out for reasons of one, I'm not listening or two, I don't understand what you just said or like three, I didn't hear you because I have shit hearing. So when any one of those three reasons, my eyes glaze over and it literally looks like there's a ping pong ball behind those eyes, not a single thought. (laughs) You know that uh, computer thing where the like icon goes boop, boop. Boop, boop, and hits yeah. all the edges of the screen. You're hoping it hits a corner. That's me. That's what that looks like in my brain. And if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, it's the skinny monkeys phenomenon. Like, it's I have a bunch of skinny monkeys just like rattling inside my brain. <laughs> I, I explained that a few episodes ago, and I don't feel like explaining that again. But you know, what we should start doing. If you are new here, my name is Sarah. This is Sydney, and you are listening to Crying in Public. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm Sydney. We haven't introduced ourselves in so long, and I felt like it was a good little, you know, 15 minutes like through the, the episode. <laughs> the one with the princess voice, that's Sarah. Yeah. The one with the, like, extremely deep voice that always sounds like she's going through something, that's Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Sorry, there's so many noises going on. I just want to give it a sec. What are they doing? I don't hear anything. I hear everything. I'm like, ugh. I love my AC in my room, but when I turn it on, you can, like, very obviously hear that. But there's so many... Like, what are they doing? They're, like, moving tables right now. I'm like, it is 9 a.m. The restaurant is not open yet. We live outside of a restaurant. What, what was I going to talk about? Oh, guys. Guys, I cannot believe we haven't quickly really talked about fall yet on here. Like, I want to talk about it for two seconds. 
Um, Cindy and I sat down. I was like, what if we did an episode on fall? I was like, no. I was like, what are we going to talk about for hours having to do with fall? Also, our last episode was literally called Feral Girl Fall. So I was like, Bestie, what are we going to talk about that we didn't talk about last episode? Yeah, and it would have been hard to, like, make a title for it and everything. But the season is here, and you can feel the... They're, like, vacuuming the air. What are you doing? I don't hear anything, so you should be fine. Okay. I just feel like it's very loud on my end. Okay, but I'm... Okay, you can. can So, the weather is getting colder, and I'm so excited. There are so many fun things coming to New York. Like, I've already been to a haunted mansion. I've already been to a costume party. I've already been to a fall theme. Something like, I've already been to Fall Bottomless. I'm so excited. I get so into Halloween, you guys. I've already seen Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus, and Hocus Pocus 2, which I adored. Have you seen that, Cindy, yet? Girl, I don't watch movies like that. But <laughs> it's Sarah Jessica Parker and Bette Midler and part of your childhood, maybe. Girl, <laughs> I don't know about your Do childhood. I look like Bette Midler? It was part of my childhood. <laughs> No, ma'am. <laughs> I didn't see the original. Do not care about the sequel. Oh, my God. Sarah's been hyping this up. She's been hyping this up for, like, two months. And I'm like, it's the way that I feel so bad. But I genuinely cannot care less about Halloween movies. Especially, uh... like, kid ones. Like, Halloween Town. Couldn't care less. That one girl, though, in Halloween Town, she's in every Halloween Disney movie there is. She is. That girl with the really firm jaw. Also, uh, yeah. she's married to a dude that was in Halloween movie. Town, too. It looks like yeah. the villain. My mom was obsessed with Halloween Town when I was a kid. I've seen it actually 200 times. Oh my god, I love that movie. My favorite Halloween movie is definitely Hocus Pocus, but I also like Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and, um, oh, like, I like the Halloween horror movies, like Scream, and just horror movies in general. I like watching horror. Oh, and American Horror Story. I like Scream because the girl's name is Sydney. That's also freezing. Like, I went on a retreat last weekend for school. And we went to the Poconos, and it's, like, on a lake. I don't know what it was that wasn't clicking in my brain that it's October, but I heard lake, and I was like, period. I'm going to bring a bathing suit. I'm going to have my shorts and my tank top. We get there, and it's actually 30 degrees. So I had to, like, borrow sweatpants and a sweatshirt from one of my guy friends, but, um, but, yeah, no, it was not it. No, I, had to buy, I brought sweatpants from my girl I was staying with and a jacket from someone else. But it was too much. It was too cold. But it was nice to, like, get out of the city. Like, Sarah used to say, like, the best part of being in the city is getting out of it. No true words have been spoken, seriously. And also, yeah, Cindy was in the Peace State, which is if you're, you know, a regular listener, that's where I'm from. And so it was really, really cool, like, texting Sydney and just knowing that she's in the Peace State, the state that she makes yeah. fun of the most in her free time. I was the only black person, or because it was, like, the Black Law Student Association. The way we're the only black people in, like, a 500-mile radius. Oh, yeah. So, two, like, macro aggressions. Not micro, macro. We're walking. Like, I went on a hike with my friend Amir. and Or not a hike. That was dramatic. It was, like, a two-second nature trail. That was dramatic. It was literally a big circle. But <laughs> this resort is, when I tell you the resort is huge, like, you have to take a shuttle to go from, like, one place to another because that's that big. So, we went on, like, this nature trail. And it's through the woods. And all these signs were like, beware of bears, don't touch them. Okay, why would I do that? And there was a black bear that we saw. And this man, he like wasn't a part of our group. He was there with his kids. He was like, don't touch it. Oh, yes, because my first instinct was to go give the bear a hug. Like, that's <laughs> common sense. Thank you. But we're taking this nature walk. And um, I, my friend Amir was like, ooh, what's that? And it was like, looks like a body like hanging over a fence and I was like mm, what is that 
And, like, the thing wasn't moving, so, like, okay, maybe it's a scarecrow. I was, like, cool. I didn't know scarecrows were a real thing. I thought that was just for the movies, but. No, they're real. Because when uh, we drove to the Outer Banks for a vacation for my grandma's 80th, which I talked about a few episodes ago, and we saw so many scarecrows, and I was kind of freaked out. Yeah, I was, like, I didn't know they were, like, that was a real thing. But I was, like, okay, that's a scarecrow. We're fine. And then Amir, like, covers his mouth and points, and we look over, like, into the trees, and there are, like, two things hanging from the trees that looked very much like bodies. And I was like, mm, what is that? So I sent a picture in, like, our Bolsa group chat, and I was like, okay, so it's time for us to leave. And someone was like, oh, like, they're actually setting up a haunted house for Halloween. And I was like, okay, where's the house part? Because right yeah. now, just bodies hanging from trees. Um, it was also a fake body. That's, like, the... Um the lead up to a horror movie like oh don't worry we're setting up a haunted house and it's just like five dead bodies laying there no sticking a bunch of black kids in the forest that is the premise for a horror movie mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely so that was crazy and then also like they knew we were coming and like this was a very it's like a resort that reminds me of like the midwest like there was not a single person of any color there mm-hmm. um this is really actually really funny the table behind us at breakfast it was like they're from Kansas, like really chill. Love Kansas, super whatever. Then there's one girl sitting at the table with like full fledged kiss makeup, like the white and black, like full face painted, like a black wig. And I was like, "Girl, it's eight a.m. But you committed to the act, so I'm here for it." <laughs> but they served like just our tables, watermelon with every single meal. Like, and I knew people, no one would believe me when I said this, so I took pictures of every single meal. Like when I tell you. We would have like steak one night and they'd have watermelon as a garnish. We had Belgian waffles, watermelon as a garnish. And I was like, there's no, and like watermelon is not in season. So I thought they ate with that. And I was like, I mean, go ahead, proud. Like when I tell you watermelon with everything, with everything, I showed Sarah a picture. Also, when Cindy says a watermelon garnish, she doesn't mean like a fancy little watermelon swirl like twist. She means like they literally gave her a slice of watermelon with every single thing that she ate. I mean, I was like, period, I ate it. But I was (laughs) like, dang. That felt Um, very macro-y. You told me that, and I don't even know. Because you also looked around at the other tables, right? And they didn't have watermelon. No one had any. I was like, okay, that's weird. It's also just simply not in season. No. So it's like, what excuse do you even have, truly? Um, I'm so jealous, though. I mean, Cindy was telling me a little bit about the resort and how there was, like, water skiing and, like, you know those boats you get on where you just, like, pedal and pedal? I don't know what those are called. Those were there. Rock wall climbing, obstacle courses. That sounds like my dream. Um, is really, really showing up with all of this, all these, like, fun activities and stuff. I feel like every single weekend you have something really, really fun to do. Well, we pay 100K in tuition. They better happen. Right? No, exactly. And that's just, that's really cool, though. I mean, like... I like how they acknowledge the work-life balance. Yes, because it is needed mm-hmm. for sure. Also, speaking of fall, um, and speaking of our last episode, Feral Girl Fall, you know how, like, in the middle of the episode, or maybe towards the end, I predicted that my ex, because he does not listen to the podcast, I predicted that he would listen to that one because I had mentioned, like, it literally says I'm single in the description. Well, he listened, and did, oh, he listened. He listened to the podcast, and he definitely had some words. It was just funny, because he texted me, he goes, goes, this is so funny. He texted me, like, the first thing he said was, oh, sad to hear you don't like Max music. Like, slanted face. I'm so sorry. Why are they always so good? Like, I I don't like Eminem. Excuse me? I hope he doesn't mind that I'm saying that, but I just kind of thought that was a little funny. That's how he, like, like, our two-year relationship, 
just crumbled in front of our eyes. Like my world, it felt like my, it feels like my world is completely ending or the world that I knew. Like it feels like I'm a whole different person really with him not in my life in that way. And that's the first thing he has to say to me. I just thought it was so funny. It's the way that so many men don't have a way with words. Yeah, my ex hates the fuck that shit. I've decided I'm no longer talking about him. I mean, I probably will. But I think that a very important part of healing is decentering the person from your life. And if I'm talking about him every week, that's not decentering. So, bye-bye. So my mom actually gave me some really good advice, and she does listen to the podcast. So, hi, Mom. She told me, she said the exact same thing. Instead of centering one person when you reference them on your podcast, or just, like, in conversation, it doesn't even have to be, like, for the purpose of social media or media in general, she said, when you are talking about your experience with heartbreak, talk about your experience with heartbreak. Don't focus on the other person because right now, she said, it's time for you to heal. And like, you have to focus on your own individual journey and you can't be focusing on everyone else. And also like, this is the person you just broke up with. So instead of centering them and prioritizing their feelings, focus on yourself because like, so she said, the way you talk, does that make sense? Like, the way you talk about heartbreak, focus on your personal journey. Talk about your own experience. Like, so you can still talk about it, but when you do, make sure it's, make sure you're just talking about yourself. Like, because you can still talk about breakups, you can still talk about exes, but, like, talk about what you've learned, your growth, your experience, what you're going through. Don't really, like, emphasis, put the emphasis on them. Yeah. And I thought that was nice. I thought that was good advice. Because obviously we have to talk about breakups and relationships on here. Because uh, this is, like, a relationship, sex, lifestyle podcast. Um, but when my mom said that, I kind of was like, yeah, like, I do need, that's the whole point of a breakup. I do need to, put, you know, keep myself as number one. I think it's so annoying when guys, especially that they date, are like, don't talk about me on the podcast. Well, if you don't want things to be talked about, don't do them. Right. I used to be that It's like, don't, don't say things I did to you on the podcast. Okay, well, you should have done it. Yeah. Well, yeah, just don't be an asshole because you you knew what you were getting into. Like, I have so much social media, and like, no, I'm not going to go and like dox him and talk about him on my TikTok. Yeah, I would never dox the person. No, absolutely, and we never we never have one time. We have code names for everybody, and we honestly are like extremely respectful, and we have been. I feel like this entire time towards our exes and past situationships in general, but we have a relationship sex lifestyle podcast. You shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't fuck up so bad. Do you know what I mean? If you don't want to be talked about, then, like, don't be a yeah, dick. Like, no, and what's even about that, it was, like, I don't want people knowing things that I did. Okay, then you shouldn't have done them. But it's also, like. That, that's the whole point. It's hard because you want to be able to talk about, like, honest experiences. Because I even got a DM that showed Sarah a couple days ago where a girl was, like, I was in that same situation. And, like, it took me hearing your perspective and, like, how you had moved on from it and finally healed from it to see it in my own relationship. And, like, that's what I do it for, you know? And it's, like. Like, obviously, I have love for this person because at one point, like, I did see a future with them and did want a future with them. But at the same time, like, this is my story, too. And, like, by owning it and talking about it, I'm healing from myself, also helping other people. So, like, that's more important to me than, like, not being able to share things that I experienced because you're embarrassed about the way that you treated me, you know? The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet... There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
<clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. But anyway, moving on from our exes, because we talk about them way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, we and Sarah were having an honest honest interesting conversation before the podcast started which is very weird because it's weird to get deep at 8am but (laughs) we were talking about like where we think the future of social media is going and we have like very different views on it like for me like obviously I can't predict the future and I think that we are social beings as humans and that we have been investing in the social media sphere for so long that it can't just completely go away but I do think that it's going to be a very large cultural shift where we like divest from like the culture we have now where it's like very much like influencer culture it's very much like commodified social media and like I do hope we return to like the original Instagram right it was just like people sharing pictures of like their cups and their dogs and like pumpkin spice lattes but I just think now that like at least for me I don't really go on social media that much anymore just because I don't have time but it's I felt like I've been in such a healthier mind space because of that and like it's so annoying to go on TikTok and, like, all you see is ads. Like, there's not, like, if I scroll on my feed right now, like, 9 out of 10 videos would be, like, influencer ads. And, like, obviously, we do influencing. Sarah does influencing. So, like, I understand both sides of things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we have to, or we're going to have to, in order to, like, maintain this kind of career, is to create more of a balance of, like, genuine. I feel like this is my big thing. Is I feel like, it, it, like, TikTok's already as something that was genuine because, like, we were in the pandemic. What else were we going to do? Like, lie on the internet? Right. I feel like now it's so ingenuine and authentic, and it's just commodified to the point where, like, no one wants to go on it anymore. Absolutely. I completely agree. There's a huge shift in not just people not going on social media anymore, which is huge. I mean, Cindy was just telling me before we started recording. It was one of those conversations where, in the middle of it, we were like, why aren't we recording this? This is gold. <laughs> you know, because we're just so smart. Um, Sydney was saying to me earlier how like she saw a bunch of her uh, mutuals stories. And these are people with like 500 K followers, 2 million followers. Like not just 
not just micro uh, influencers um, who are saying like we don't want to be here anymore I mean it's just taking such a toll on the creator and it's become such a toxic environment not just with bullying and comments and all of the which I talk about a lot on here because uh, I hate the bullying that TikTok perpetuates an environment where bullying is okay did you guys not watch the movie Cyberbully with that girl who played Lily and Hannah Montana did you guys not watch that movie I mean if you have mental health issues and you go on social media and you have people on there calling you ugly and like all of this all of these awful things what do you think that can do to a person do you think that they're just gonna let that wash off their shoulder no like that hurts even coming from a stranger and but not just that that's what I'm saying so that's obviously a problem in itself but what Cindy was just talking about the ingenuity that's on that's not a word by the way which is crazy I just found that out actually like a few days ago but I like to use that and that's the word of the episode the ingenuity that occurs on TikTok Every single video is sponsored. It's an ad. Or at least it seems like that. You can smell the fakeness. I mean, even if someone, like, someone's telling a story, uh, people who you know personally that are creators, that you, like, you know, like, they're getting on this app and, like, lying. Cindy and I were just talking about that the other day. It's like, we know a lot of creators. We're mutuals with a lot of creators. And sometimes we see them post videos and we just know, like, that's not true. You know? Um, like, there's story times and relatability and things like that. It's like... It just really is becoming so inauthentic. It's hard to be a consumer. It's hard to invest in these things when you're sitting here like, this is so fake. I feel like every time I open TikTok, it's either an ad or someone like body checking or like the people who like will set their camera up and like roll around in the bed with their boyfriend. It's like, love. Yeah, they're like, cuddle time. Oh my God, I hate that. No, I just find it so weird. Like, did you go set up the camera, press record, and then like gun back and be like, okay, sit right here and then like, let's roll. You know, also, like, I don't know. Oh my god, let's talk about kids on TikTok because uh kid talk right now is getting a lot of hate for parents portraying what a lot of people consider to be private moments on TikTok. Like when parents post that, um yeah. a lot of people are finding that to be very not only like shallow, but a little bit dangerous for the kids to be portrayed in that light. Yeah, I think it's kind of weird how many like videos are saved like by adults of kids but like that one girl oh my god that scares me so much but that one's more weird because she's like wearing like crop tops and like just like running around but like mm-hmm. videos that are like funny of kids i understand saving because like they're cute mm-hmm. but ones that like exploit your kids yeah no but it's like i'm very active on kid talk just because i think babies are so cute and i have me like, too. baby fever and like my entire free you can ask sarah my entire mm-hmm. few pages babies um I don't know, I think it's so cute. They're just, like, dancing and, like, eating. I don't know. It, there is a line, though. I think as a parent, you should know that line. Absolutely. There's this one mom who, Sydney, you know the name, and I don't know the name, but I love her, and I follow her. Sydney influenced me. And Maya. She has, yep, and she has these two little babies. And she's a perfect example, I feel like, of what, if you are going to put your kids or your babies on social media, I feel like she, to me is what you should emulate. Like, she's, what a great role model, and she gets so much hate. Isn't there, like, an entire Reddit thread just, like, bashing her and saying that, like, she's abusing her kids? I hate yes, that Yes, and, like, so doxing much. her husband. I'm kind of like, why are you as a grown adult running a Reddit thread? She had to Reddit move, scares me. Because someone posted her address, too. Yeah. That's just awful. But I feel like she's done nothing wrong. She's just a cute mom playing, like, Barbies with her kids. It's just so yeah. weird to me that other adults are spending their, like, entire lives trying to find her baby daddy. Like, calm down. It's yeah. nothing to do with you. I just don't understand. 
And this is the environment that TikTok perpetuates. So the point of this is that Sydney and I think that there is going to be a change, a major change coming soon. And I'm pretty sure Emma Chamberlain just talked about this recently. I don't know if it was on her podcast or on a video, like YouTube or something, but I did want to like credit her. Um, We think that there is going to be a major shift soon, whether that is like the end of TikTok or just a huge push against this inauthenticity that's occurring. We don't know what it's going to be, but we know it's coming. I can just like feel it in the air because that's my entire job. Like this is taking a toll on a lot of people and there is something's got to give soon. That is very relevant to like people who base their livelihoods off of marketing and social media. Like I think you guys should prep for a change and I'm in that industry as well. So I'm like, I'm in this uh, creator group chat on like Instagram and they're saying they're sensing a change too but in a different way they are saying like the smart thing to do right now because tiktok is becoming something completely different than what it was in 2020 they're saying like just post your videos everywhere make a video obviously post it on tiktok build your following there but post it on reels youtube shorts post on your instagram story post on your tiktok story post on like like that b-roll feature that tiktok has like they're like just mass produce your content yeah I'm, like, posting, like, once a week, but I'm trying to make it more, like, this is, like, what I actually do. Because I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm divesting as a person, so I, personally, so I can't speak for, like, the culture at large. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just feels exhausting. And it's, like, after I come home from working all day, the last thing I want to do is be more exhausted, you know? But it's good that people are, like, preparing for that change. Yeah, absolutely. They're desperate. Some people have, like, like changed their entire lives to do social media. So now it's kind of, like, what happens if, like, things change. A lot of the skills that people use for social media can also be applied to, uh, can also be applied to marketing and, like, being an agent, publicity. Um, and as long as there are celebrities, there will never not be a market for publicity. So I think, like, if social media ever does take a downturn, these people are going to be prepared, which is nice. But at the same time... If you, uh, I would just say, like, have a plan B. Like, I'm a huge advocate for a plan B, and I know a lot of people are saying, like, oh, well, if you have a plan B, you're never going to give your all to the plan A. I disagree when it comes to social media because social media is so unpredictable. And, like, that's what a lot of people said, like, when I was in musical theater. A lot of people told me, like, don't have a plan B because then you're never going to give your all to plan A. And I agree to that to an extent, but then COVID happened. And then what did all these people do? Do you know what I mean? I say just, like, while you don't have to give the same energy to your backup as you give to your, um, like, passion, I think it's still really, really smart to have something prepared. I'm, like, wondering if it's going to be the same thing that happened with Vine. Because, like, remember how Vine was so big that when it, like, shut down, everyone was like, what the heck? And, like, people that were, like, big on Vine, I mean, like, big, big. Like, the Charlie D'Amelio's of Vine. Like, what do they do now? They None of them do anything. And it's kind of like, like, Cameron Dallas, like, Nash Greer. Like, they have families now. Like, they don't do social media at all. So, it's interesting to see, like, how that's going to work with people on TikTok. Especially when, like, everyone's a creator, you know? Like, at least Vine, you could, like, pick out the people that were, like, Vine people. But I wonder how it's going to work with, like, Instagram or, like, TikTok. Because, like, everyone's an Instagram influencer. Everyone's a TikTok influencer. You know, like, how is it going to be, like, acceptable? You have such a good point. And something unique with TikTok that didn't happen with Vine is that people are not only dropping out of school, but, like, quitting their jobs with 50k on tiktok considering themselves a full-time influencer which if that works for you that's great like if you're making money to survive i'm not bashing you um good luck to you but 
I feel like if TikTok takes a downturn, what are you going to do? I'm like, you're going to be out of a job. This is a hot take. I think even if you're like the Charlie D'Amelio level, you should not quit your day job or school. Really? Because yeah. like, what's like, I think school you shouldn't quit, but I'm just like, yes, you're making money off of it. But like in five, 10, 15 years, what are you going to be doing? You know, even if TikTok stays popular, 15, 20, 30 years, like these people are like 16, 18, 20, 25, 30 even. And it's like, what are you going to do 20 years from now? You know? So, I don't know. I think that's a hot take, though. That's just my my personal two cents. I think it's always good to have, have a backup plan, you know? So, listen to this. According to Celebrity Net Worth, I'm getting this from um, Stylecaster.com, by the way. According to Celebrity Net Worth, Charlie is worth $20 million, which includes the money she makes from TikTok, as well as various sponsorship deals. Celebrity Net Worth reports that Charlie makes at least $100,000 per sponsored TikTok post, as well as $1 million for her Super Bowl ad with Sabra Hummus. Sabra? Sabra. I don't know. Sabra. I think it's Sabra. Th- Isn't that wild? So is she set for life? I or... don't think so. Because you're used to a yeah. certain lifestyle now, you know? Like, she's like, what, 17, 18? Mm-hmm. Like, Paris Hilton got more than that at a younger age and still has to, like, work a normal job, you know? Even, like, the Kardashians. Think about how many jobs they have. They're not just doing social media, you know? Like, they all mm-hmm. have their own businesses also because they realize the value of having something else, you know? So even like think about like all of like the like big 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 influencers who are also older like Bridget, the Kardashians like people like on that caliber, they all have other jobs. They own brands. Mm-hmm. They own clothing brands. They own skincare brands. They're the head of whatever you know because they realize the value of investing yourself in something else. Because like twenty years from now, TikTok is not going to be a thing, you know, or like Instagram is mm-hmm. not going to be a thing. So I think it's smart to invest your time or like energy into like having something else also that you can also build that's going to sustain you for longer you know so like 20 million seems like a lot because it is a lot but it's like if you're used to making that in a year now how's that going to last you until you're 90 you mm-hmm. know like that's 80 years worth of i like to compare social media to the trends that we see on social media you know how each trend that comes through your feed is so fleeting like only lasts a few days that's social media social media is changing forever it's changing every day and god forbid there's a giant shift and like you don't know what to do um and based off of like consumer sentiment it's just going to be really really interesting to see how long tiktok lasts i I just i can't wait to be older and think back and be like wow these bitches really didn't see it coming including myself because there was there was such a large shift one way with social media i feel like it's gonna be like a huge counter shift and I'm interested to see how that works out. Exactly. And for those of you who don't believe us, Cindy just brought up a great point. The way TikTok changed from COVID to now, see how major of a shift that was? And that's only in, that happened in like a year. Yeah. So just get ready. I feel like it's so different from other apps because like mm-hmm. Vine and Instagram, like those people were building their platforms for like years. You know, like yeah. Bridget's been doing her thing since like what, 2012? like 10 years you know and it's like mm-hmm. there's a, such a small subsect of or like at least originally there's like such a small subsect of like youtubers like that i could just say someone's name on youtube and people would know who they were because there were so few but like with tiktok and even instagram now like every single person has like 15k 20k 30k on instagram and everyone has 500k a million on tiktok to the point where like I can mention people who have 5 million followers to Sarah and she won't know who they are and vice versa. Like, she'll, like, drop a name mm-hmm. and she'll like, y'all, they have 10 million followers. Never heard of them before, you know? So it's, like, <laughs> I like the idea that celebrity is being diluted because, like, 
for so long there's such a stark divide between like who was an a-list celebrity people that are like actors and like who were household names and there's like a very distinct like separation between like that and people who are like cameron dallas taylor kniff like those kinds of people but i feel like now everyone's just like i don't know i feel like the idea of like, an actual celebrity has been diluted because like obviously we still have like the household names but like everyone under that i don't know Fashion Week is a great physical manifestation of what you just said. And we talk about this all the time, Cindy and I, but obviously we go to Fashion Week. And I personally have been going to Fashion Week before I started social media just because, like, I like fashion. But um, it's so interesting to see that the space... It's so interesting to observe the space that has been taken by influencers over other people. Um And I think a lot of people in the fashion industry who've been in the fashion industry for years are having a huge problem with influencers attending fashion week and the after parties and the pre-parties and the gallery openings and like everything that fashion week, you know, is derived of. And it's so interesting to see because these are people who have been in the industry for years, crew members, beauty members, models, um, designers who are like, they almost think influencers are like taking up space that should rightfully go to someone else and I don't know how I feel about that but I do agree that fashion week itself has changed so much from what it was like only celebrities attended fashion week yeah three years ago and now it's people with like 30k on tiktok and people are like what it's not even that it's like like it's that also but also like um Mm -hmm. one girl I follow her name is Bella Vigerard on tiktok she's a fashion Mm -hmm. editor and she was like when I used to go to Fashion Week, when I was, like, first starting on my career, it was literally only, like, A-list celebrities. I'm talking about, like, Kim Kardashian's, Nicole Kidman's, like Rihanna, Margot Robbie. It was that and people in the fashion industry. Like, people who write for fashion magazines. People who are buyers for, like, Bloomingdale's and things like that. People who, like, actual job relies on fashion. But she was like, now you go and you're, like, actually a fashion editor for, like, a big magazine and, like, that's literally your job and you're fighting for a seat with the girl who has 20K on Instagram, you know? Like, she's, like, and always, like, it's nice to have, like, the world of fashion opened up, but it's at what cost, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's good that this world is getting, because social media, the whole purpose of social media is getting exposure. So it is great that these designers are entering this new world of exposure that they might not have before. I think I think a lot of these people who, cre- like, curate these invite lists need to think, how exactly influencers can help them and if they even can at all. Um, You know, like, big brands, like, big brands that everyone knows about, like, Alice and Olivia or Dior, you know, what is inviting an influencer going to do for you? Yeah, I'm not going to see an influencer in a Valentina show and be like, ooh, let me go buy a Valentino dress. Right. I think it's the idea of trying to make it seem unattainable is what makes it desirable, Mm -hmm. and that's what they're relying on. Like, I'm not going to see a girl my own age going to a show and being like, wow, I wish I had a Valentina dress that was worth, like, a down payment on a house. (laughs) Right. I'm dead because we were, like, this is going to be, like, our lean-in topic, and then we'll, like, change the topic halfway, or, like, 10 minutes in, 50 minutes later. Yeah, exactly. I just thought Fashion Week was a really, really good physical instance of what is occurring on social media, for sure. I mean... Even people who are, like, in fashion on TikTok, they're not really in fashion. They just dress themselves, you know? Like, if you were, like, a designer, sick, cool, yo, bro, like, you should be there. People just, like, wear, like, low-rise jeans and kind of, like, oh, are you supposed to be there? But honestly, it's not my not my decision to make, but I just hope, like, people who are actually, like, and this is, like, their career are, like, getting opportunities that they should have or would have before. I hate those people on TikTok who just, like, do whatever's trendy and they consider themselves the, what's that? Like, the, like, 
frontliner in in the industry. It, it makes me so pissed. That's why even fashion um, itself is becoming so diluted. Like it used to be yeah. like, like individuality and like all of this stuff. Now it's just like, are you skinny? Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's like fashion, mental health is becoming so diluted. It's like, just take a bath. It's like, that's not self-care. The concept of relationships is becoming so diluted. Um, like everyone posting about their relationship constantly and like shoving it down people's throats like sometimes it's cute and fun like again there's a way to do things I see a lot of creators emulating the reason why TikTok is taking a weird turn right now and how like why TikTok is gonna take another turn really really soon yeah Ooh, sorry I just got speaking of TikTok I just got an email from a brand that I'm working with and I got really excited I'm working with a coffee brand, and I love coffee. I just downed that double espresso, and now I'm just, like, ready to go. That's how you be energetic all the time. I don't know what it is. I just can't. I can't. You're really, I feel like you're pretty energetic for, for like, 9 a.m. this morning. Yeah, just because I've been up for, like, five Mm -hmm. hours. You feel, (laughs) yeah, I feel like you're charged right now in a good way. Yeah. I had my drink, green juice. Um, I need to get coffee, though. But I'm going to wait until it's free. Oh, my God. So, wait, Sydney's midterms are coming up. Yeah. Are you excited? Girl, I don't know if anyone's ever excited for a midterm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you excited to get it over with, I think is the question. Yeah, mostly just because, like, it's so different from undergrad, like, the way exams work and the way learning works. So it's like having to untrain yourself and retrain yourself when you've never seen a law school exam before. So I'm just trying to not get overwhelmed just hard because I'm literally overwhelmed all the time. But it's okay. The thing about NYU, which is really frustrating, is that you could be on a pre-law track but it's self-proclaimed, and there's nothing really they do to prepare you to be in law school, even if you are on the pre-law track. How do I know this? I was on it for one day, one day, and then I took an American Constitution class, and I literally wanted to unalive myself, so that did not happen. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> even those, like, they're, like, mul- they're like multiple questions, like, multiple choice or something like that. Like, law school exams are, like, five hours, and you just, like, sit at a table and answer one question, like an issue spotter. Right. But... Yeah. And I really liked NYU, but I feel like there wasn't a lot they did to prepare you yeah. for the exam styles and the learning style that they, um, like, require it. They didn't prepare me at all. Like, I remember I went to talk to, like, the, the like, pre-law advisor about, like, where mm-hmm. I wanted to go and, like, asking her to, like, read my statements. And she was like, you should look at, like, options more in your range. Like, stop looking at reach options. Baby, I got into my top school. Thank you. I also didn't need, like, she yes. looked at one of my statements and was like... We should, like, go back to the drawing board. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm very confident in my abilities. So I went ahead and submitted it anyway without anyone seeing it. And I got in, so. And that's what got you in, in your Take face. with a green assault. Guidance counselor. For sure. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. 
change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Yeah, that's one thing I will say, like, if you are an NYU student, because I know we do have some listeners on here that are enrolled at NYU, I would say, yes, like, the Wasserman Center is very helpful, but take it with a grain of salt. The Wasserman Centers are, like, guidance center. Take everything they say with a grain of salt, because I've been a few times, and the advice they've given me have been batshit crazy, so I'm just letting you know. I'm sure there are good counselors out there, but enough about that, because not everyone goes to Also, this is, like, more of a general thing that I've, like, Mm -hmm. realized, not just at NYU, but, like, in law school also, just in general, is that, like, especially if you're a person of color or you're a woman of color, a lot of these guidance counselors have no idea what it is like for you to apply to schools. They know nothing. Like, so coming from, like, a PWI high school, a PWI university, like, college, and a PWI law school, like, the amount of times I had to just, like, do things on my own because, like, the admissions process is so different being someone, like, from a marginalized group and, like, the, like, general advice they give everyone does not apply to you. And I feel like it's Mm. taken me talking to, like, alumni or, like, older students or, like, just seeking out opportunities on my own to finally realize that. And Zooey Mama, they need to hire more people of color in these offices because there's no way that, like, they don't understand that that does not apply to everyone. Sorry, small rant. Also, mentors in general because, like, I mean, I know that obviously I can speak on my experience with, like, my professors and, like, I just not only – did I have an overwhelmingly amount of, like, male professors over women professors, but, like, I think I've only had two or three uh, professors of color at NYU, like, in total, and I was there for all four years, and, like, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, NYU claims such diversity, which is, like, great, but at the same time, practice what you preach. Yeah, like, I had two professors of color. One of them I took three classes with, because I love her. Actually, no, I have three professors of color. One was, like, thesis advisor, who I chose because of that exact issue. Mm-hmm. One, I took three classes with her because she was the only, like, black female um, professor in our department. And then the third one, I took a class on, like, literally, like, black issues in politics. Obviously, I had a black professor. And, like, you just, I just retained so much more information because, like, I relate to the person teaching it. I think that's a very powerful thing that, that's, like, understated in college. 
such a university. So, like, if you are someone from, like, a marginalized group, whether it's, like, you're a woman or you're a person of color or you're, like, a certain religion or certain sexuality, I think it's so important to have professors that reflect that. So, I promise you, you will learn so much more. I don't know what it is. I don't know the science behind it, but I retained so much more out of those classes. Mm-hmm. Both shut. That's such a good point. And also, because if your guidance counselors aren't showing up for you, where's the next place you're going to look? Your professors and, like, your mentors. And, and like, that like, that goes beyond college, too, because I know a lot of listeners are, like, in their professional careers. I think that mm-hmm. having a mentor, whether it's within your office or just in life, it doesn't have to be someone in your same career path. I mean, it helps if it is. Even just someone in general who can, like, just give you a word of advice or, like, some guidance as to, like, what they've been through in a way to help you avoid the same mistakes or to help give you opportunities you didn't know that you could have. Like, I have a couple mentors at law school through, like, different affinity groups I'm part of that have been, like, assigned to me, like, through, like, common interests. And, like, one of them is a white girl. One of them is a black man who is gay. One of them is a black woman. And, like, I have learned such different things, but all equally important from all three of them, who all represent very different things, like, that I relate to, but all have given me such good advice. So it's nice to have, like, a wide range of voices or experiences to learn from, also get advice from. So I'm telling you, having a mentor, top tier. Love it. Um, Having people you can just, like, reach out to in general, too. Like, I know for my professional career a lot of my mutual creators are, they also have full-time careers in marketing. It is so nice to be able to reach out to, because I'm 22, it's so nice to be able to reach out to like 27-year-olds that I have like a personal affiliation with and just get advice from them because they actually went through it. You know what I mean? And that's one thing about college is that every single university that I applied to and that I've ever heard of ever says that their professors are also experts in their field, right? Like, isn't that one thing that you saw on, like, every college tour, every, like, application process, the university was, like, all of our professors are, you know, streamliners in their field. And then you actually get to college and it feels a lot different. It feels like they're not offering you any sing- single genuine piece of advice to take along to your professional career. At least that's how I felt. So it's really, really nice to have people who actually went through it closer to my age that I can relate to, that I can just, like, reach out, email, text. It helps so much. Like, without them, I don't know what I'd do. Like, I've gotten professional opportunities through them, full-on jobs from these people. Like, they're the best. And, like, I think we're such a competitive age where, like, no one wants to help other people. Mm -hmm. Find those that actually do. Like, the rare ones is indispensable. Yeah, that's a huge thing with social media, too, because I know, obviously, law school is on that curve, so it's almost like you're competitive, you're competing with people in your class, but with social media and TikTok, it's an interesting environment because, like, there is room for everyone, but not a lot of people have that mentality, you know? Um, people are like, oh, if anyone's going to be famous as me. Like, everyone thinks they're Kim Kardashian, and they don't want everyone. anyone else to share their limelight. Mm-hmm. No, baby, everybody on that app thinks that they are the next Kim Kardashian. And, like, yeah. I love that people are, like, confident in their own abilities. But when that comes to the expense of treating other people well or, like, being genuine, I feel like, is it really worth it? No. Also, just speaking on things that you shouldn't speak about. Like, what we were talking about, like, fashion. If you don't work in the fashion industry... Who are you to say what's... Who are you to, like, bash someone else's style, for example? That makes no sense coming from you. People who were, like, making jokes about the Dobbs decision, which is, like, the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, like, that affects real people. And you're on on TikTok making jokes for views. Stuff like that just makes me, like, not want to be on TikTok. Oh, you know what? I can't believe we haven't talked about this already. You know what really made me want to just delete TikTok? 
the uh, response to the Jeffrey Dahmer series. That I made me like, want to delete the app and delete my account. Because what a, oh my god, if you're unfamiliar, they came out with a series about Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, it's not a documentary. It's like, these are actors playing the roles. And uh, who, who starred in it? Evan Peters. Evan Peters starred in it. And everyone on TikTok had a field day with how hot he looked doing sit-ups and lifting weights. First of all... This TV show should never have come out because the victims literally, the producers contacted the victims asking them to give their two cents. The victims were like, absolutely, the victims' families were like, absolutely not. Put this to rest. We don't want this to come out. Multiple victims stated that and they released that. That's public knowledge. Go look it up. And first of all, the TV show proceeded. Uh, Second of all, the response to the TV show made me shake with anger because everyone was like, oh no, it's not about Jeffrey Dahmer. It's about the actor. Playing Jeffrey Dahmer. Do you wonder? Do you understand how fucked up that is? Oh, my face is getting. There's red. a whole other layer to that too, because something a lot of people don't recognize is like all of his all of his or victims people were people of color, mm-hmm. specifically gay black men. So you making fan edits of like how hot you think he looks and how you would have gone home with him too, and making comments like that are so absolutely heinous and disrespectful that it actually drives me crazy. There's this one creator. I'm not gonna say his name. Um, he was absolutely disgusting. He made several videos. Um saying like oh you know all the gay men and women watching you know the scene with the and he had like water coming out of his mouth to represent drool um the amount of backlash he got for it was incredible but the videos that he posted each one got like three or four million views and he didn't lose a single follower and you didn't pay for that are you kidding me are you kidding me did he get paid for that was that sponsored no i'm talking about oh the, like, yeah like the, the creator fund like you get paid for those views which is like insane right and like the fact that to go even further the fact that these tv producers are making money off of the show and like none of it's going to the victims families is just absolutely disgusting but the yeah that reaction to the tv series got me so out of whack that actually made me want to delete tiktok i mean not once did you consider that someone related to one of the victims could watch that video what how dare you you know what i mean i mean that's just like, the worst thing you could possibly do. But that's the environment that TikTok perpetuates. Like, luckily, I did not see any of those videos on TikTok because I haven't been on TikTok. But I did see the backlash on Twitter, and I was like, oop. I can't believe we didn't talk about that earlier because that was crazy. The amount of people making, like, fan edits of Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm like, you do realize he literally killed people. Do not understand. Yeah, that. and those those same people are like, oh, I don't understand how, you know, girls were sending him money and fan letters in the mail. You're making fan You're doing the yeah. same thing. Did when the Ted Bundy movie came out and Zac Efron played him? Yeah, and sometimes I wonder, like, what are you doing with these casting choices, to be honest? But it's... Also, the timing of the series, you know, when the series came out was, like, around Halloween. It's like, this isn't a Halloween story. This is a mortifying, gruesome murder. It's Any part of the documentary that could have... Or not the show that could have been redeemable, like... The fact that they emphasized that, like, the neighbors knew what was going on, but because it was in a black neighborhood, they thought, like, oh, whatever, like, he'll be fine. They kept making sure that he was okay. Mm. He was only murdering people, number one. Number two, the fact that, like, police in the show did not care about the black people's, like, concerns about, like, the smells, about, like, seeing, like, small boys, like, stumbling out of his apartment who were, like, literally 14 and, like, the police just not caring because those men were people of color. And, like, not believing them, thinking, like, oh, this is, like, what you people do. Like, I appreciate that they emphasize those points. But, like, the whole fact that, like, it wasn't consensual in the first place, like, making the show. I have to, like, 
even like the points that were supposed to be taken from it in terms of like how he got away with it for so long turned into fan edits like just blows my mind it's also kind of messed up because like they're capitalizing off those people's like actual emotions without getting consent from them to say so like imagine like right. going through that and having to watch someone say like your exact words thoughts emotions whatever for money and it's like that was like yeah. people's family members got killed you know in mm-hmm. gruesome ways and like right. those moments of vulnerability the fact that they're just like projected onto a screen because they are public record obviously because it's a uh, trial but the fact that like the producers use those without their consent and then like profit off of it it's so messed up because mm-hmm. like, imagine like being that person like having your most vulnerable moments of like sadness and like despair being projected onto a screen and acted out by someone is so messed up yeah if i'm right which i think i am i think half of the vic so there were 17 victims i think half of their families were contacted and then half of them weren't even they didn't even, they bother, didn't even bother to reach out i just saw like the article written so by gross. one of the women whose victim statement was used and she was like mad as she should be mm-hmm. i think it's gross it was even released in the first place but the backlash just makes it also the time it was really i can't get over it they released it right before halloween time i think that's so gross and then they make fun of these people in the tv series um they make fun of the people who were like oh jeffrey you know making costumes out of jeffrey dahmer they made fun of those people in the tv show so it's like we see what you're doing we see, we see what you're doing this tv series was not made in a vacuum they did everything very intentionally and almost called themselves out for doing it in the process it's which is like, just interesting and disgusting reading the room is such a powerful skill to have so is having mm-hmm. a no man which apparently no right. one has anyway so that was unexpected right i don't know how we went from education to jeffrey dahmer i know but you know but I think we, yeah, we got into that because the social, the response to that TV series on social media was disgusting. And even a lot of these people, even a lot of these people who are stitching the original video, it's like giving this creator yeah. more attention. A lot of people are doing it in a good way, but others, you're like, you're just doing it to hop on the, you know, morality bandwagon. It's really yeah, annoying. I agree. But that, again, that's the environment social that media. Yeah. TikTok creates. Yeah. And social media overall. Um, what's your favorite form of social media Twitter. to close it off? It's just funny people. Mm-hmm. No pictures, no, like, body checking, none of that mess. It's literally just people tweeting funny things about like, what they have for breakfast. I love me some Twitter. I'm going to say, the obviously, the form of social media that I use the most is TikTok, because, like, that's my entire job. Um, and I do like watching videos on TikTok, like, the funny ones, the lighthearted ones, the entertaining, funny, satirical ones. Those are, like, obviously my favorite, like, skits. Love me some skits. Um... But I think my favorite form of social media, I think it would also have to be Twitter. But ironically, that's the one I use the least. I go on there once a week. <laughs> and I'm on TikTok multiple times a day. It's nice to get like a perfect balance of like actual news and like mm-hmm. learning things about the world. But also like just tomfoolery that's like not toxic. I love um, politics. So I'm all up in political Twitter. And I would say is podcast a form of social media? I don't think so. Me neither. I think it's just media. I think it's just media, yeah. Talking about B-Real, too, just to, like, close it off. I love talking about B-Real because it became popular, right, this year, in 2022. And in in the span of, I literally think, four months, B-Real in itself had a major shift. It went from, like, people posting pictures of their double chins laying in bed, and it actually was kind of authentic. And then it went to... 
you don't have to post within that two minute time frame if you don't want to so everyone's waiting for the most exciting moment of their day to post yeah mine would just be me in the library and then me in the library so like i don't even have the app right isn't that crazy though i mean think about that like if one new 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 form of social media can change in the span of four months think about how fast tiktok can like ruin your life But as always, just to close out this episode with a little bit of mental health advice. Uh, again, Cindy and I are not experts, so anything. if you don't want to take our advice, yeah, don't take our advice if you don't want to. But what Cindy and I like to do uh, that works is we like to give ourselves a break from social media. We like to really connect with ourselves in genuine hobbies, hanging out with friends. Um, we like to disconnect from dating apps if possible and just take these periodical breaks to ensure that we are remaining genuine and we are remaining like who we are and that we are not defined by our social media. Cause especially like Cindy and I are creators. So that's what we do like to do to reconnect and to remain authentic. Um, all right guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was a long one and I like it. I like when we do longer ones. Um, as always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts or iHeart or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also on social media, crying in public podcast on TikTok and Instagram where this entire time we're like bashing social media and we're like, go follow us on social media. Ours is pretty positive. I would say ours is so positive. I like our TikTok. I think it's cute. We like never post on it. We were supposed to film a video yesterday, but guys like our schedule is just the complete opposite of each other. So we're going to get on it, but honestly, no promises. Um, We love you. But we're always active on Instagram, so reach us there. Bye. Goodbye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.